second. It's important we communicate and tune the fate of this union to the right pitch. I never call you my bitch or even my boo. This is Recorded Podcast. Another day, another podcast. Another special guest, a, a rising star. Uh, somebody that you'll probably be seeing in the near future. Please introduce yourself. Hey, y'all. My name's Kai Sahai. Um, I'm a hip-hop photographer, as well as I'm into, like, branding and marketing. But um, I'm just a creative entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best way. Everybody, that shit is, like, a trick question for a lot of people. Like, I don't know. But, yeah. But, so, where are you from originally? That's what I like to start off with. Um, I'm originally from Washington, D.C., uptown Columbia Heights. Shout out. Um, But then... When I was 16, I moved to Florida, which is where I kind of got into my photography stuff. And then after I went to college at Spelman in Atlanta, and now I am located in the tri-state area and I go back between Atlanta and the tri-state area. Okay. So if you had to pick a favorite today and you probably going to piss a lot of people off, what would be your favorite right now? (laughs) Um, my favorite right now I would have to say is Atlanta. Um, I don't know if that's more because I'm missing Atlanta and, you know, I just created such a like strong family, you know, chosen family and community out there, but I don't really have a favorite place. Like Atlanta, I love it for the culture and, you know, just being around black people, uh, DC's the same black people, but I just like, DC is just a beautiful city. It's home, you know, it's the best city, one of the best. Like, And then, um, I love the tri-state area, like, you know, New York city, um, New York City is just, you know, a great place for creators. It's always been magical since I was a kid and I used to visit family. But currently, I would have to say Atlanta because I'm missing it. And, you know, a lot of my friends and my family's out there. And I just have so many great memories. So. Shout out Atlanta, the number one leader in black culture and <laughs> black people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so how did you get into photography? Or... Um, so the way I learned photography... So I've always been into the visual arts. Um, a lot of people don't know. Some people know that I kind of started off with graphic design. Uh, I started doing graphic design since I was a kid. My mother was a graphic designer for BET, like a layout designer and stuff for their magazines back in the day in the 90s. So she kind of, not say forced me into it, but, you know, she's like, hey, here, this is how it put me in graphic design classes from there. Um, I just always had like a camera on me, especially during that Tumblr era where everyone was on Tumblr. And then when I got to Florida, you know, I started playing around because I was like, oh, Florida is just so colorful. And then I was like, oh, dang, I like I really like this. Started doing newborn photography at this. I started interning at this newborn studio, doing newborn photography. Then I got to Atlanta, got into college. And I was like, damn, like I want to take photos of the, you know, AUC. And then I realized I was like, oh, I can make money off of this. So then from there, it turned into that. Then I just started to get into the music industry because I was interning with Grand Hustle Entertainment. And I was like, you know what? This is a passion for me and I'm good at it. So, you know, this is something I'm going to pursue. So it's just been a lot of just trials and tribulations and visual arts. But I guess like graphic design kind of started it. Yeah. So your mom working for BET, that's like a pretty big deal. And like usually people, when they want to do design and stuff like that, their parents is like, ooh, you don't want to be a doctor or something else <laughs> or a nurse or something. So that's actually pretty cool for you that yeah. you, you had that boost. But also, like, since we're in a lot of bullshit right now caused by a terrible virus, 
in college, <laughs> we don't know what college is going to look like. Please explain your college experience, especially HBCU experience to people. Like, what was that like? Okay, so um, shout out to Spelman. Um, so Spelman is the number one HBCU. Oh, we'll talk that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Spelman, it was it was a love-hate relationship. Uh, I came into college not, not saying I didn't really want to go to college, but I didn't know much about college. Um, and my friend Ebony, she uh, suggested the school. I knew about it, but I didn't really know about it. So when I got to Spelman, um, I had already came, I already came in with credits. So I had an A, I got an AA degree while I was in high school. So I came in with credits. So I came in as like a sophomore. Um, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It was just great being around, you know, black people again, especially for me. Cause when I was 16, 15, 16, I moved from all like, you know, very diverse black community in DC, um, to all white suburbs in Florida. So that kind of you know, made me sick of, I don't want to say sick of like, you know, but I just kind of needed to be around black culture and black people. But, um, you know, just the partying and just being in Atlanta and being going around Atlanta and, you know, the music, the history, it was just amazing. And nothing just, nothing compares to like HBCU experience. Like it's just, it's just great to be around like-minded people, people who look like you, uh, they understand you. It's just, it's kind of like a utopia. Um, but, you know, going Spelman specifically, it's just great to be around like, black women who are doing great for themselves um, and just having such a rich history and, you know, seeing your representation and showing that you're like, you know, I can do this too. I can break, you know, glass ceilings and things. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I think the HBCU is the ultimate experience, but it's like, we don't know what's going to happen with college and stuff going forward. So I was like, wow. And now you talked about like on the come up of beforehand, like Travis Scott and things like that. Were there other people that came through that you, when you were getting your feet wet in photography and concert photography, and you said you worked for Grand Hustle interning, like who were the different people you would run into or people? You um, so, um, so at Spellhouse and Clark on um, ABC in general, we have like events like Home Wednesday. Um, it's just like social events that are like on the campus and, you know, artists just come through. So um, I'm trying to think. So my first like experience, I guess, with concert photography started when I was working as like a photographer on um, the Maroon Tiger magazine. Um, great time. So we used to get passes to go to places. So we would go to like one music fest and I got to shoot um, like Andre 3000 um Damn, I'm blanking on the the whole Dungeon family, Erica Badu, wow. and you know things like that. So using those passes, using because it was a like a publication. Um, I'm trying to think like people when they would come on campus. I know like the Migos came on campus while I was there, and then also I was really big on like shooting because I'm like um I'm my mom is British and Jamaican, so I used to go to, like a lot of like Caribbean events, and I would shoot like them dancing. Um. And then of course, like I was at Grand Hustle, I was doing a marketing internship, and I was I wasn't really sh- I was shooting, but I wasn't shooting as much because it was a marketing internship. But you know, being around like all Ti's managers, and then being around like his artist London, um, and then I also got to shoot some of the last photos of an artist who had passed away that was on Grand Hustle, Peanut the Dawn. 
So, you know, just being around that and just going to events with them. And also, like, you know, when Grand Hustle had their concerts. So, oh, yeah. uh, just, just, there's just, just a lot. Is you know, just being around the city. And, like, I was working. I was doing stuff with, like, Jack Peace's manager, Jonathan. Shout out to him. So, you know. Yeah. So, how do you, your comfort level, like, were you always comfortable? Were you never shy, like, with photography and shooting? Because that's a big deal because photography can be a mess. Because everybody has an iPhone and, like, everybody <laughs> thinks they're a photographer. They tell people, hey, put your arm here, do this, do that. How do you feel? Like, how did you reach your comfort level in getting comfortable with shooting people? Or is that why you like concert photography? Because it's, like, them and their natural being. You're not really telling them to do this and do that. Like, how did you get your comfort up with shooting? Specifically, um, and really, like, celebrities. Because you had to just start shooting but then you start shooting celebrities, so that's extra pressure. Um, I have to say that I'm I'm very comfortable, but I'm also uncomfortable in a sense. I prefer like more intimate settings with people when I shoot. So I'm really more of like a port. Like I love doing portrait and like studio shoots, but I like to be with artists and just people one on one. Um, I do like I love capturing. Because I'm such a history fanatic and I think about, you know, how in the future, like, these pictures are going to be, you know, something people are going to want to look back at. Because, you know, that's that's what I like to do. I love looking at old photos. Um, but I definitely, like, I do enjoy shooting concerts and shooting, like, artists in their element. But it still kind of makes me uncomfortable because I think about, you know, I don't like feeling like a paparazzi at times. So I'm not the photographer who's going to be, you don't find me. I'm not one who's like always shooting here every second. I'm probably paying attention to for when it's the right moment. Cause I'm, you know, I know how, like just seeing how artists feel like, you know, people are in your face all the time. So, um, I guess I am very comfortable with it, but I also like, I just try to gauge out the situation. Cause like sometimes people like I applaud the photographers who are there to get the shot, but sometimes I'm just like, I'm very energy person, intuitive. So Sometimes you won't, I won't even like get the shot when it could have been like, it could be like the shot of my career, but I don't know, just sometimes it's just a lot. Like you just got to feel the energy and like, you guys got to understand, like you, you can get that shot again, but I'm definitely more of an intimate photographer, but um, concerts as well. Uh, concerts is the way I got really comfortable with shooting concerts is um, just, you know, keep going to concerts and shooting, understanding lighting of the stage um, and like, you know, lighting the stage is just so important. You don't need to shoot a hundred and photos to get your shots. You can shoot about 10 if you understand, you know, where the artist is moving at the time. When is there, you know, when's the time they're going to dance, understanding, you know, uh, are they going to be moving fast during this time? Are they going to be moving slow? You know, all things like that. But concert photography is just, I think you get comfortable the more you shoot and the more you learn and, you know, the more you, you get mentors and things like that. Yeah, concert photography is, like, my favorite because it's, like, I get to choose what I see as the art, what I see as the photo, mm -hmm. the poster, like, whatever, like, whatever's going to be posted on your Instagram that I think you might like or whatever. And it's just, like, a natural, it's a vibe. It's everybody's mm -hmm. in there having a good time. Like you said, if you know he's going to drop the beat out at this certain point or, like, you know, if you're shooting Travis Scott, and he's doing, like, one of his top songs, the song with mm. Drake, I'm drawing a blank. But you know when the fucking beat drops. It's about to go yeah. crazy. crazy. And then when you got a concert, too, if you got a bigger concert, you know that they're probably going to do an explosion or they're probably going to do a light is going to go this way. Like you said, like, if you know 
like when they're gonna do something it helps a lot like i went to astro world tour as a fan yeah. and i was like this shit is fucking crazy <laughs> like it, like i forgot his song no bystanders when he like fuck the club up a big ass explosion <laughs> would go off every time he say bitch so if you're a photographer and you know the song you know like hey i need to make sure i'm ready to shoot this shit as soon yeah. as he do it like he's gonna throw somebody off the stage at this certain time like yeah. you gotta know like damn like but that's also just knowing another thing too i think what makes it better as a music photographer concert photographer hip-hop photographer whatever you are um is knowing music um so like i'm just a big fan a big like a student of music and specifically hip-hop so you know just understanding that um, is a big aspect. So, like, if you understand music, you'll know, like, you're staying up to date with things, you'll understand when music's going to drop, or you understand, like, you understand that artist's vibe. Because uh, uh, Miguel singing R&B is way different than, like, a Travis Scott, where he's Hi, jumping up and down, and his fans are going real crazy. So just understanding that. Um, but that, I think, like, the big, I think a big thing to being a concert photographer is knowing music. And knowing what genre you're shooting at the time, so. So you like are big in hip hop. What like is the first song you think you could remember ever hearing that was like hip hop? Like, oh my god! Like, I really like this song. Like for me, I'm 32, so like I remember you're fucking. 32? I'm 32. Yeah. You're like young as hell. Yeah, yeah. God bless. God bless. But. I was like, uh, I got that Pharrell shit going on. Me and him got something, something that's different. But yeah, uh, like the first song I remember like really was kind of like Hip Hop Array because I was born in Brooklyn, but I lived all over. But like Hip Hop Array was like the first song I really remember. What do you think was like the first song that you remember that was like hip hop that you really was like, wow, I think I like this hip hop thing. All right, so I'm a kid, so I'm like 23 over here. So <laughs> I, um, I just so hip hop. So my dad's a big hip hop head. Um, I guess like a song that's very memorable to me, and I always say this is gonna be like my wedding song is "The Light" by Common. Um, I don't know, like that's a song that I just it reminds me of my childhood in DC. I I don't know why, but I have to say like that's one of one of the big hip hop songs for me. Um, look, I'm blanking right now, but that's definitely something that comes up in my head. Um, my dad used to listen to like brand Nubians. Uh, that was definitely a thing. Um, and then just like the, the Fugees when, um, like Lauren was rapping. Um, definitely remember that as a kid. It's it's just a lot, but also I grew up in DC where we have a lot of go-go. So that was a big influence as well. And then as well, like I said, I'm, I'm somewhat Caribbean. So, um, you know, just listening to a lot of Caribbean beats and all that. So my music taste goes from, it, it can go from what I call my white girl music taste to my, to the real, real, real hip hop shit. But yeah, I have to say the song, The Light by Common, is just a song that really sticks with me. And it just, it just reminds me of the Neo Soul type of vibe that was going on in DC in the early um, 2000s, of which is the time I was a, a, jit, uh, a young kid, so. <laughs> yeah, like that that song and that album around that time, like 
and Kanye producing like crazy, crazy at that time. Yeah. And samples, I'm a sucker for samples. Like you could put a sample in the song, might be whack, but if the sample is hitting, I'm like, yo, this shit, all right, yo. Like, 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 Tor- like not Tori Lane shit wasn't whack, but you know how he sampled and shit. And I'm like, yeah. it's like that that nostalgia that that you love. It's like, an automatic winner. Like you could say some bullshit, but if you got like a good sample in it, it's like, yo, this shit is a cheat code. Like, yeah, it's a serious cheat code. Like. So if you were to describe your photography style as a hip hop artist or artist in general, who would you say today it would be like? A hip, like a like a art like a my photography compared to an artist. Yeah, like your vibe and your style of photography. It's definitely um, a random question, but I try to throw those in there. So someone who's like a big inspiration for me, we'll have to say like. If you're into hip hop photography, it would be Chi Modu. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Okay. Um, so he was like, I know he was real prominent, like in the West Coast, and he he shot like a lot of like NWA, I believe, and like Tupac and things like that. Um, but with my style, um, I don't, I haven't really like really compared my work to other people's. Um, but I have to say my style. I think my style is. I have a very. I'm really big into like contrast and uh you know i like my photos kind of dark um i also like them to be very vibrant as well but i really enjoy like that kind of dark feel but as well just you know adding a little bit of vibrance in it so a lot of times when you edit the dark feel your photography you know like the black point in your images like when i like to boost that up a lot um i just i just love that effect um, but I guess just like someone I kind of try to model off is like Chi, um, and then of course like Cam Kirk and like you know seeing how like how he's gotten like you know very historical shots, you know seeing you know where to be at you know the right time, the right place. Um, but yeah, I don't, I haven't really had t- had the time to compare. Not a photographer, I meant like an artist. Like I'm thinking like, when you say that, like Brent Fires. Like if you're if your style oh, of photography. Okay. Was like an artist. Would it be like a artist, from you saying okay, dark? Okay, I was like, I'm like, I yeah, no, nah, because I I don't um, yeah I don't like to compare people like yeah, at yeah, all yeah artist. yeah like I would say like you said dark I'm thinking like Brent Fires like okay, it's kind of dark you, and moody but it's a whole vibe so like an artist uh-huh. it's I throw these random shits and everybody be like I don't know what the fuck you talking about like, but I, I like I yeah <laughs> no nah, but I like to I like to do that I try to create my yeah, own I got vibe. You. Um, so let me think. Okay. It's hard. I definitely like hmm, an artist. Let me think. This is a little hard. See? Um, an artist, I don't know why he's coming to mind, but maybe because I shot him, Burna Boy. Nice. Um, I see how, like, his, I guess how his style of how they're, they're doing his Instagram page, and I think my shots... I think my shots, like, if I was to be his photographer, really, like, match his page. Because I feel like he does, like, a lot of contrast and that dark uh, mood um, on that side. And then, yeah, I guess Burner Boy. We'll go with Burner Boy. Yeah, Burner Boy, definitely, man. But, uh, yeah, I like, I mean, I really, you know, I was thinking maybe a Summer Walker vibe or something like that, too. But, yeah. Summer Walker, Summer Walker know her vibe yet because she doesn't really I guess she doesn't really have like I don't feel like she has like a set out style yet of music like, yeah and words to her visuals I guess kind of with that like the pink stuff but 
I definitely have to, I think, like, I'm looking at his stuff right now. I definitely have to say, like, I feel like my stuff would be on, like, I would shoot, like, Burner Boys, you know, content if I could. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, Camp Kirk Studios, shout out to Legend. Uh, check out their podcast after. Um, make sure you check Camp Kirk Studios' Instagram to see what they're doing and when they're doing it next. But uh, what is Cam Kirk and Cam Kirk Studios, the people, the writers, the Kavinci, shout out to my boy Marlon. <laughs> what does that mean to you, and, like, how did you get connected with them? Um, so what Cam Kirk Studios means to me is just, like, a, a creative house for photographers. Uh, it was just a place where, you know, people with, the, you know, the same ideas and, you know, we're interested. A lot of us shoot music stuff, but we're also, we do more than that. But, you know, somewhere where we could all come together like mine. Um, the way I got into the studio was through my friend Oren. So we were both on the Maroon Tigers together at Morehouse. And um, I think I went up to the studio with him one day. And this is like when it was just like, I don't know if you know, like Jay, she was a the manager there. It was Keenan, Dex, me, Oren, Brandon. It wasn't a lot of us, Adrian. It was it was a small team. I had gone up there and I was like, oh, you guys looking for interns? And they was like, yeah. So um, this is when the studio's office was in one of the dressing rooms. So um went there and I was like, oh, Oren, like, plug me in, you know, because I had helped plug him in with some stuff, with, you know, because he works for UMG uh, or Universal Music Group. So I helped plug him with that. So he plugged me in. And then, then from there, you know, just uh, started working there, interning there, just making my connections. And they're just, it's just a family. Like, um, I like love that studio to death. I love the people there to death. You know, OGs, people that are working there. Like, that's just, right there, that's family. Like, I ride for Cam Kirk Studios, so. Even when I'm gone, even when I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, like, an amazing place. Like, I get a lot of good podcasts from there, come creative people, because I just try to look for people that, you know, got, like, a maybe interesting story. Not to say that nobody's story is better than anybody else's, but the stuff I get out of there is just, like, great. And the vibe is mainly it. Is that, like, it could be a bunch of assholes with a cool story, but, like, every time I go in there, it's a whole mm -hmm. vibe, like, of great people, and I meet great people. And I went to his lecture, and he talked about that. Like, at first, it was hard, you know, like, yeah. in the studio. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, six months of nobody. Like, you yeah. think that this the corona shit is fucking people up. Think about, like, having nobody for, like, six months. Mm -hmm. That shit is rough, but... You no, know. it's beautiful seeing how much the studio has, like, you know, developed from when we first started into now. Like, I'm so proud of it. Like, I miss them every day. I miss the studio. Because it, it's just, it's honestly, it's just a, it's a, it's a creative place. It's, it's a visually fun to look at. And then just the people there are just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's good vibes. Like Marley says. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. The shout out to boy Marley. Check his uh podcast out man this interview i had with him man he's a very great high energy character guy, man. he is he is definitely like top of the top so how are you dealing with the quarantine time and like how is it for you so far um so the quarantine for me is very introspective um you know i find that this time it's just a weird place but i'm not really too worried uh, I have to say that luckily I've been blessed. I just got my first co-op in New Jersey, right outside of New York. So I'm about 20 minutes from New York. Um, but you know, I've been doing a lot of introspective work on like, you know, what I want in life, you know, I've been learning to relax and let things go, let things flow and not force things. Um, but you know, just, 
I haven't done any like photo stuff or really I've really just been working out a lot, but I've been just kind of like, you know, just just looking into myself, you know, what I want to do. And like I'm taking this time kind of like I was ready, you know, this summer I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out here networking. Oh, like, I'm about to be I was like, I'm this New York summer. Like I'm about to go crazy. Me and my friends, we was like, oh, now we, we've been in the city for about a year now. Now we know what to oh, do. It was about to, like, we was ready. We was Labor ready Day to- parade ready. Man, we was ready to be out here in these streets. But I just feel like this is a time, like, God or whatever you believe in is saying, like, you know, sit down and, like, figure out really what you want. Like, you know, you might have had your business plan ready, but maybe there's some few tweaks that you need to do. Like, so I just think this is a time to just, you know, sit, relax, and figure out, like, is, you know, what is your passions? Like, what exactly do you want to do? Are you going about things in the right way to clear up energy that you have with people, you know, it's, it's just the time to, like, you know, relax. Americans, we don't relax. We're always on go. Like, chill out, bro. Like, like the earth is telling us shit. It's telling us to calm down. And if we don't listen, you know what's up. But it's like, yeah. so I'm just, I'm just taking this time to, like, you know, do things for myself and, you know, follow up with people, um, clear any energy I have with people and just clear up any energy I have with myself. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to get into the, I'm thinking about doing like self-portraits, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think <laughs> but I haven't been doing no photography shit really yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a real time of still and like, it's like, it's needed. Like, we always on the go, on the go, on the go. It's just like, yeah. bro, you, this shit is really letting you know what's important and what's not important. Like, you don't have to go out like. Even hair and nails, you know, everybody ain't got no haircuts. Nails is all fucked up, and the hair is just yeah. Like me, like crazy. I'm like, you see, I got thick eyebrows. Yeah, I my eyebrows done. I'm like, I actually kind of like my eyebrows. Yeah, now, I right? mean, yeah, I mean, and it's also, <laughs> it seems like a a real up and down challenge day to day. It's like one day you could be great, one day you're like, hey, I don't like the way I feel today. I don't like this mm-hmm. person. Like so, and then it's time to let it go. It's just like a real. I but think, it's okay. Like we gotta experience those emotions. Like we're humans. Like a lot of times we don't let ourselves experience these emotions and the things that we're going through. Like it's okay to be sad during quarantine. It's okay to be happy during quarantine. Like you're you're within you're learning. We're in we're in isolation within ourselves. Like you're learning so much about yourself by being by yourself. You learn more than being around a whole bunch of people because you don't have other people's eyes. You still. You know, through life, anything decision you make is being influenced by other people because you've had biases and you've had people influence you in your whole life. But this is a time to like, you know, just sit with yourself, like, and check up on yourself and be like, "Are you okay?" Like, yeah. ask yourself, "Like, are you okay?" But one thing I've been doing during COVID is I got my film camera, so I have a film page. Um, it's called Kai High Film. Check it out. So this is where like I just shoot like these are where like it's the photos that are imperfections. This is where you'll find like you know. The photos back when in 20 years from now, you'd be back in the day, look at Kim Kirk Studios and just like concerts that I've been with or just rooms of artists I've been with. Um, but my, my film photos, I just been taking pictures of things that have been representing COVID right now. So like I went to Home Depot because during COVID, I was still getting my condo together and uh, I saw like a sign. It was like sit, you know, stand six feet back or whatever. And it, it had said something about COVID. So I was like, let me start taking pictures of like, you know, things that that are talking about COVID because it's just going to be interesting to look back because I'm not going to be able to develop this shit until like, I don't know when. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, even just signs and driving to into New York or driving around Jersey, like they got the sign saying like, stay home COVID-19. Like 
it, it's crazy. Like it's crazy to see. So yeah, it's definitely like I don't think people really understand. Like this shit is like none other. Like this is a part of history for a lot mm-hmm. of history. Like yo, the world. Yeah, I saw shut me, down. It was like I'm already having um. They're like I'm already having a. I'm already being triggered because I'm thinking about 20 years from now when my kids is like, uh, Mom, what happened during um COVID nineteen? COVID-19, what were you yeah, doing? Let me tell like, you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like crazy, like, to think that this shit is going to be talked about, like, 300 years from now. Like, the world. Like, usually it's like, oh, well, in Africa this happened, or in Spain this happened. Like, no, the world got fucked up at the same time. It's like, yo, let me tell you, son. I'm sitting there. I got my plans ready for the whole fucking tour mm-hmm. summer. And that shit was like, nah. Like I told you, I was like, yo, I finally got my first real invite, informal to a concert. And I'm in <laughs> March. And I'm like, I'm about to shut this shit down the next week. They're like, you can't go to shit no more. I'm like, damn. I mean, it's, it's, even, it's even painful them saying, like, we're not going to have concerts in fall 21. I'm like, I'm praying for the yeah, concert. Please right don't now. say that. I'm like, no. I'm praying for the concert photographer. But like I said, it's like, I feel like it's going to change the culture of how we go out, how we party, definitely. Um, I think I was talking to some of my friends, you know, I think we're going to get back into more, you know, intimate, uh, you know, intimate concert settings. Like, you're not going to have as many people. Festival culture has taken over the culture. Like, yeah, everybody like, has a, a fucking festival for yeah. everything right now. Yeah. But I but I'm one of those people. I love festivals. Like I'm I'm a big carnival head. So you catch me. I like being in big groups. I love Mardi Gras. I love things like that. I'm a festival head. So, but um, I definitely is just gonna make us sit back. Like and it's also, you know, it's teaching us how to interact in different ways. Like this is time to use social media. Um, and social media you can either use it to your detriment or you can use it, you know, to to empower. So um, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. For the photographer, you know, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I think we'll be all right. Like, for example, before this started, I had gotten a job doing newborn photography again in a hospital. So, you know, that was different, you know, just seeing like just taking pictures of new life. And I'm just thinking about, you know, shoot, there's going to be a boom after this. I keep telling everyone, y'all better get into that newborn photography stuff. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of babies. Mm-hmm. For real, so, it's going to be a whole lot of babies. So it's just real interesting. And this is also showing like why it's necessary to have different skills in photography. Like a lot of people don't know, I know how to do newborn photography. Like that was the first ever photography I was introduced to. Um, so um, just knowing like you just shouldn't just be you should know multiple parts of your discipline or whatever your art is. Yeah. Because yeah. I can shoot music, I can shoot fashion, I can shoot babies, I can shoot I can shoot whatever. So, you know, just exploring, like, you know, a different side of the art. And it's okay to like one side of the art, but, you know, definitely making yourself more flexible and, and you know, being able to maneuver is important. So. And I think that's the journey of an entrepreneur in a creative, like, Either whether you like Kanye or not, it shows like, okay, news just broke. Like he officially became a billionaire. And it's yeah. like, damn, you remember like you ain't got the answer sway when he was pissed off. Like, yo, y'all understand? <laughs> and he like, was like, yeah, like when he didn't, when he didn't have the money for fashion and 
he was trying to break down this way. And he we was have really, passed those, shit. Yeah, when he was really passionate about, like, I'm losing a bunch of fucking money and all this. And then now this news breaks, he's a billionaire. And it's just the entrepreneur story of, like, hey, it's a lot of ups and downs with this shit. And you got to be ready for that. Like, you got to be, like, at the top of the top. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I got this big-ass contract before this corona shit. And then, like, now I don't know if this contract is going to be filled because of this corona shit. So you got to really – it's a lot of ups and downs. And, like, what do you say to but the – also, like, I don't want to say that – like, I feel like you should be ready for everything. But at the same time, it's also, like, to learn that, you know, it's okay not to be ready for everything, right? Like, it's okay to – I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's like people who, you know, they're like, they lost their jobs or, you know, you know, it's, you know, some things are not in your control. And that's something that I've had to learn this year because 22 being 22, externally, it was a great year, but internally it was not the best year for me. And, you know, it was because I was trying to control everything all the time. So I think that's why I'm not too worried about COVID because I've been forced to, you know, just let things be. And knowing that things aren't always in my control. And so I feel like that's why I'm not as worried as much. So, you know, you know, sometimes like shit happens and you got to go through the motions of it. But just know like in the end, you're going to be okay. Like you're going to come out of it. It may take a year or two. But, you know, if you just keep your head up and, you know, just, you know, keep pushing, doing what you're doing as long as it's a positive and it keeps your energy going. Like you're going to be good. But, you know, some things are out of our control. And COVID right now is out of our control. Like it's like don't force it like it's out of our control we can't really do much so yeah so in those times like i'm glad you brought that up like so what do you try to do when you're having a rough time like with yourself or in life or like what practices do you do or which people you reach out to or how do you help yourself get out of a funk because i feel like we all sometimes go through a little funk like i don't know what i'm doing in life like i you be high and then you be low what do you do to like try to get yourself back right when you have those moments it's crazy because i'm still trying to figure that out actually because i tend to be like a very moody person shout out to the capricorn in me but um <laughs> uh what i so what i've been doing recently is doing i've been doing a lot of meditation right like you know i don't know meditation it sounds so cliche but it really does help um Cause I can tend to be very tense or I can be very like high strung at times. Um, I also, you know, I take very, like, I'm very big into speaking to my friends about things. I've always been like an open person. I never really hold secrets. Once you get to know me very well, like I'm very, like, I say whatever comes out of my mouth and I like, I'm just, I say things that like, you never thought you like, damn, I can talk about that. But that's awesome too. I contribute that to my psychology degree because I love psychology. If I was to go back to school, I'd probably become a, you know, go get my degree, master's or doctor's into being a therapist. But, you know, I just, I'm just very big on talking things out. And luckily I've been blessed to have a family where, you know, we talk about everything to anything. So um, that's, I think, definitely talking to people because you don't realize who's going through the same things as you. Because I've talked to friends recently who are like, yeah, I was going through this, this, and that. I'm like, damn, if I had talked to you when I was 22, I'm 23 now, but if I talked to you when I was 22, maybe it wouldn't have felt as hard. Um, another thing, too, uh, I just do a lot of, like, self-analyzation. It can be sometimes detrimental, but I think it's more positive for me. So I look at, you know, taking accountability for the things that I'm doing wrong 
Um, I've been really big on that, like seeing, you know, like, okay, maybe to me, I view it as bad, but maybe it's really not that bad. Like really analyze, like, why do you, why are you flipping out about this? Why is that making you, giving you anxiety? Um, so, you know, yeah, just talking to people, meditating, and just like a lot of self-love, like just, you know, just looking into yourself and not always seeing everyone else as the problem or everything else as the problem. Maybe like looking into yourself and you're like, maybe I'm the problem. So um, that's something I've really been practicing and it's put me in a lot of peace lately. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of introspective work. And like I like to take like little uh, things online, like little tests online about personality. I'm just one of those people I'm big into like astrology, numerology and things. So, you know, I'm always looking for introspective work. So that's where that's really I can say is like it's most of the answers and the issues with that you have is within yourself and you can find the answers within yourself. And don't be scared to talk to people about the issues you are having, because if you hold it in, it's going to it's going to be worse than, you know, not talking to someone. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) it's really important, I think one of the worst things in the world i think we all could be a little selfish but like when you're selfish to the point where like you know i don't really care about how people view me i don't care how people think of this and that and you need to have a little bit of that but you got to be like transparent you got to talk about problems you got to be real with yourself like if you have a bunch of failed relationships you gotta be like yo maybe it's me like i don't know like and if especially if they keep saying the same exact thing because people mm-hmm. make up bullshit to be like yo you know i'm cheating on you every day but i'm like yo you know you be just naggy like what the <laughs> fuck you like no that's doesn't but even when things are going good i feel like that's the most that's when you really need to be introspective even think when things are going really good in life like that's that's when you really like when things are negative of course you want to be but even when things are good to just practice that like you know, like, yeah, I may be being really nice to this person, but say, look into, like, what are your intentions? That's another thing, too. Your intentions and your expectations, like, you know, are you putting too much expectations on yourselves and others? Like, you can't expect what you expect out of others is not always going to be true. And being fine with when those expectations aren't met. Like, I feel like that you should have expectations for things, but just understanding, like, shit, like I said, it's out of your control. Shit's not always going to go your way. And it's, it's okay. Like, yeah. I think that's the best thing we all going to learn from this is that, like, shit is out of your control. <laughs> like, yo, yeah. everything is, the world is shut down right now. We can't wait to go outside. It ain't in your control. And so <laughs> we all learning, like, what's really important and what's not important. Like, shout out to everybody, you know, all the dudes cutting their own hair and fucking their shit up. Because it's like, you're going to realize, like, damn, maybe that hat is important because I <laughs> fucked my shit up. But, I mean, like, the barbershops, but I feel for the barbershops, too, though, because, like, that's black culture. Like, you talk about the HBCUs. Mm. That's where we go and talk out shit. And that's where people blame the corona on 5G and all kind of crazy shit. Like, you like, what the fuck? But it's a great place for dudes. It's like a therapy almost for dudes. It's therapy. You're, you're, you're speaking to people. And, and we're in this culture where everyone wants to be, you know, YOLO individualistic. That's not human nature. Like, we're not, we're not individualistic. We're communal. And that's why capitalism, if you really want to go deep, isn't the best for us. But that's a whole other conversation. But, like, you got it. Like, stop being individualistic, man. Like, think in a communal way. Like, and it's, like, it's, and if people don't agree with you, it's okay. At least you got out what you need to say. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to be real with yourself. Yeah. And yeah. real and stand on like, yo, I was right. And maybe I look back and think I was wrong, but I said it in that moment. I'm like, yeah. fuck it after that. But yeah, like that. I mean, it's real interesting times, but you know, we hope that everybody will come out better after this. But if you could say one person, and this is not to piss anybody off before you even go into <laughs> it, like one person today, because I know it's many people, one family member that's your go-to that you talk to about everything and that could make you feel better, and one friend that's not like blood related that you can okay. go to, like one and one. Because I think friends eventually become family. It ain't really like oh, just yeah. that. So if you could do one-on-one, and I'm going to say the disclaimer for her, this is not excluding <laughs> anybody else. This is just today, right now. Maybe she talked to this person or whatever. Who's the one family and then one friend that's not technically blood, that is your go-to that lifts you up, that you want to say okay. right now? It's a little hard. Um family so family I would have to say I'm just gonna go with my mother like even though me and my mother like we're very we butt heads a lot at the end of the day like that's my ride or die like like everyone's mama like my mom she rides for us and like we ride for her so um and like my mom like even though she sometimes she may not agree she's very open-minded and my mom like she she always she's always supporting and lifting us up she's 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 big on that. So, um, yeah, shout outs to my mom, my mom, my British mom. But uh, but uh, shout out to her. Um, and then the friend I would have to say uh, who I go to a lot to talk about things currently. I actually want to do two, so I'm gonna do two. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be Ryder and Raw. Um, so Ryder, I met her at the studio. That's like one of my best friends. Like Ryder was there like when I was going through shit just like internally as like a creative and like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like we really like lifted each other up. We made sure we was checking up on each other every day. So like right there, like that's my dog, like shout out to Ryder, love her. And then raw, um, I met her at Spelman. That's like one of my best friends. Um, while we was at Spelman, we did the AUC vibes, which was the Caribbean association together. We rebranded that. And we just, you know, from there, we just developed just like really strong relationship and, you know, we sometimes we don't grow all the time, but we have very good introspective conversations on, you know, how to grow. And, you know, she's been teaching me how to cook a lot right now. So things like that. But, um, yeah, so my mom and then Ryder and Raw, those are definitely the people I talk to the most and I confide in uh, currently right now. Shout out to Ryder because uh, her and Skrill was at like the photography one on one class that I took at the world famous Cam Kirk studio. So they helped me a lot. They helped me a lot when it come to concert photography, with like shooting in manual and really learning like different lights and different aperture, like learning the, the pyramid of mm-hmm. photography. And they really helped me a whole lot. But now shout out everybody uh, else that you could think of in the world real quick, because everybody can be like, Oh, so you ain't going to save me and shit. <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead and let that thing fly. Shout um, out a couple people right now, family, friends, I, whoever. Um, I guess I shout out my dad, shout out to him. Cause you know, he, he put me on to hip hop, uh, shout out to Ebony, Breland, Lene, our group chat be lit. Um, and then my other group chat with, uh, Basil, Byron and DeAndre, that's my little New York crew. You know, we, we be chatting it up. We missing the streets right now in New York. Um, then my aunt, my little sister, my God family, God parents, and then, you know, everyone at the studio, 
my Atlanta family. Shout out to my Spalmanite Bree. Brianna shouts you out. But yeah, just everyone. And then also, oh, big shout outs to my London family because I'll be out in London a lot. Kimbo and AC. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to them. So, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so if anybody feels the type of way, blame me. Uh, go to this recording and slander my shit. Say it's whack. This shit is terrible. Do all that because it's not her. It's me. I just, you know, I just like to make somebody feel special. And I know everybody is special in your life, but I think it's different when somebody hears it recorded and it's just there forever. And if they having a bad day or something like that, they could go and listen yeah. to this and like, damn, you know what? Shit ain't that bad. So that's why I like to do that because we'll be here all day, like an obituary, if you was to say everybody. <laughs> so I was right. like, just fuck it. Just say like one person, you know, us, you know, black people, we show up late. We talk too long. We do not save our <laughs> applause at the fucking graduation to the last minute. We don't do none of that. So I was like, let me just narrow this down and I'll take all the blame. If everybody get mad, do not get mad at her at all. <laughs> get mad at me man so in this travel time like i love to travel too like me and my wife we travel like everywhere like we just came back from belize before all this shit started and it just was like you know what is more important to you like do you value travel over like possessions because i feel like i can't really like i you know i could get a lambo truck or this or that but like the the memories that I get from travel and seeing new cultures and new things is like worth more than anything I could buy. Like, so um, w- what is travel for you? Like, how is it? Um, so travel for me is like has shaped you know what I am today. So I've been blessed as a kid to be able to travel around the world at a young age. So when I was like in elementary school, I had traveled all over Europe. I've been to China. Um, I've been to Egypt. I one of the greatest experiences. I got very sick in Egypt, but I got to climb the pyramid. Nice. So to me, that's very like spiritual. Um, and then going, I traveled to the Caribbean. So and then across America and stuff. Um, but traveling for me, I mean, it just exposes you to you know other cultures, um, and it just really opens your mind to like you know things that are not just at home. Um, and even like traveling doesn't have to mean, you know, you traveling across the world. It can just be traveling to another city, another state. Like, even though I have been to all those places, my biggest culture shock was moving from DC to Florida. So then me going to Egypt or me going to London and things like that. But, um, yeah, traveling is just, you, you gotta do it. It's, it just, it just opens your mind to so much. And, you know, more black people, I see more black people traveling, but it's definitely something you need to do because, you know, there's more out there than just, you know, your small town or the city you grew up in. Um, is it better than materialistic things? Like, I love materials and things. Like, I'm not going to front, like, I can be very materialistic. But, um, yeah, definitely. I think I'd rather, you know, travel than have, like, you know, a whole bunch of things that are probably going to get used up and I won't have in the next, like, five years. So... Yeah, traveling is like, I just recently, the most recent trip I went to was maybe London. I've been trying to dibble and dab in London a lot because I'm just very interested in their music scene. I really want to move out there. I have my citizenship out there, but, you know, um, I, it's, it's just important. Like, you just got to do it. I can't explain it. Like, you just got to do it. It, op- it just opens your mind. Like, it just opens your mind so much. And I suggest, like, as you get older and you have families and children, like, take them out when they're young. Because it just it just changes your perspective of everything, especially America. Like 
you got to get out of America and travel, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. I think you said something that's very important. Because it's like, yo, look at these bougie niggas. They just said, like, yo, I went to uh, London and I went to Belize. It's like, no. It's like, just go a couple miles out of your city or go somewhere or drive somewhere. Yeah. Like, it just goes somewhere else. It just shows you a different vibe. I mean, even walking, some people don't even leave their boroughs or their their, their hood. Like, they even, like, like, they can be from D.C., but they only stay in, up, uh, in Uptown. Never go to Southeast, Southwest. Like, even just... I like to consider traveling, just walking around your neighborhood. Like, I've been doing two-hour walks every day during this quarantine. I'm like, damn, like, there's hella shit out here. So, um, you know, just, it doesn't have to be, you know, going outside the country, which I suggest you do, but, you know, just going to the next town over. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people be scared, too. Like, well, I heard this. and I heard... Well, you ain't really going to know until you go. So, it's just like, just, hey, just... Go out there and man, just try to like see and that's something different. Life, you fear too many things. Like people gotta stop being scared of shit. Like if shit happens, shit happens. But you gotta stop being scared. It's gonna hold you back every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in this time, because it shows you like shit. We don't know when we gonna do it again. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you see the memes and shit like, yo, when the world open back up, I'm about to be like this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying no to everything. I'm sorry for all the friends it's I flaked like on. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, bro, you should have been living because it's like, we never know when this shit's going to get fucked up. So it's like, yo, we got to live, man. So Yeah, but also, like, like even though I say that, like, still be, like, cautious of your surroundings. Definitely. You know? Use your street smarts and your intuition, like when you go into different places, like because you don't know what you're disrespecting, what's respectful. You don't know, you know, people think differently, and sometimes, like sometimes they're thinking differently, maybe very wrong to you. But like, hey, like you just gotta go with an open mind, and you know, just still be cautious. Don't yeah. just don't just walk into the slums. Of the Espe- yeah, especially women too. Like, <laughs> like you and your girls travel to another country or whatever. Like, it's like. You got to be careful with that. Like, but it, it's just something different. Like, I've been mm. blessed enough to also be to Paris. And, like, when you see the Mona Lisa and you see the Eiffel Tower, shit you've seen in books that don't even feel real. When you see mm. the pyramids, like, that's something I definitely want to do. Like, this is like, yo, this shit is kind of crazy. Like, this is real. Like, it's not like, yo, like, this is just not Like, I definitely love in the Louvre in Paris when you've seen the, like, uh, all the Egyptian stuff and everything, even though I'm like, maybe y'all shouldn't have took that, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> like, that's a whole nother, like, I don't really think y'all should do that, but, like, that's a whole nother ball game, like you said. Like, but it's just amazing to see, like, stuff that's yeah. been around forever and ever and ever, and, like, oh, man, it's just, it's just crazy. So, have you been watching any good movies, like, or old movies? Or- um... So I've been trying to catch up. So probably my black card pool, but I've been trying to catch up on a lot of black shows, like Insecure, and like I've been I've been watching. It's not a black show, but I've been watching. Uh, I watch Little Fires Everywhere. Um, a movie I really suggest I think everyone should watch is The Last Mimsy. It's a kid movie, but it was this movie about this bunny that came from the future. This stuff that came to like tell these children like. Where I'm gonna have like a, a lot of ecological disaster and things like that, and it's really deep because it goes into like mandalas and like metaphysical things. It's crazy. Like, and I remember watching it as a kid, and I'm just like, I revisited it, and I was like, yo, like, 
adults should watch this fucking show. So, um, no, I really haven't been watching movies. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff, but I haven't been watching a lot of movies. But the shows I've been watching is Insecure because for some reason I just never felt like watching it. And then Little Fires Everywhere. And then, I, of course, I watched what was the, the thing with the tiger stuff? Uh, tiger King. Which, yeah, watch that. Of course. Everybody so, watch that. <laughs> that's, that's really what I've been watching. But I've really just been on social media and then just looking at a lot of workout stuff right now. I've become kind of like a gym head in my own head, home, so, and it's been taking up a lot of my day, and then I've been on a lot of people's lives, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people, like, that is the biggest, like, everybody's going live. Now, that could be good, and that can be bad as well, like, yeah. so, some people's lives is like, hey, don't do that, no more, don't ever do that again, but it's just different, like, I mean, everybody's creating and connected in different ways but i'm glad you brought up insecure because insecure is like one of my favorite shows it's like the realest <laughs> shit and like the story behind it my wife was already like damn you talking about Easter Ray? what the fuck i was like yo but i was like her story is just crazy of like and it's amazing of the whole like youtube awkward black girl series and then she turns See, back I used, to, I used to watch that like a little bit so i guess that's why i wasn't so pressed to watch Insecure because I was like, oh, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, all right, like, I would watch, like, the thing is, because of Twitter, I knew everything that was going on. So I didn't really watch the show. That's unfortunate about Twitter. Like, Twitter. We'll spoil it. Yeah. So, not even spoil it. It's like you can watch a TV show in one tweet. I mean, I can talk about a whole bunch of shows without even seeing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, the million dollar. So, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions or as many as I could think of off of that before we end. So, could you be friends? With someone who's dating your ex for five years. Oh, is that in the fourth season? Oh, you're not watching I'm, it? I'm on the third season. Oh, my the, God. It's okay, though. It's okay, though. What was the question again? Could you be friends with somebody that is dating your ex of five years? Like, work. Is like, Molly say, dating him? Is who? Is it Molly dating him? Is dating Lawrence or something? No, 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 no. Just a oh. random, random person. Oh. No, That's like, yeah, no, in the photography world, all right, I should say spoiler if you haven't been caught up in this season, but, I mean, I think it was in third season, too, that he was kind of dating somebody, but could yeah. you be friends, like, say, like, you're, it's a manager of, like, and you shooting concerts and you get hooked up with them, or a manager of an artist, and, like, they're dating right now for maybe a month or so of somebody you dated for five years. Could you think, could you do that? Cause that's like the tricky question. That's what I love about insecure. Like I didn't even know it was a double standard with the whole, like, you know, a dude will say like a girl is a hoe if she uh -huh. messed with a bunch of dudes, but then like, that's a double standard, but a dude is not a hoe. But I didn't even notice the double standard of like, if a dude was possibly with another dude at one point that, girls can't deal with i didn't even know i didn't think about that but that's what i love about insecure it kind of gives you these questions of like um, stuff you never thought about so could you be friends with somebody that you're working with right now like because they're trying to be cool with each other but it's like weird because like you're dating somebody i was with for five years so could you think you could do it i don't know if i could i'm gonna be real with you I mean, I it'd be weird like i said it's a maturity thing I think it's possible. Um, people do it all the time. Uh, me personally, 
I think it just I think it's circumstantial. It depends on like you know what happened in the relationship. Like, was I telling the person you were dating about us when we were dating? Like, where like you know I just think it's I just think it's uh it's circumstantial. You feel me? Like I feel like like I said it goes back to the communication. Like you know talk. I don't know. I just I think it's kind of shady, but I just I just think it's circumstantial because you never know shit happens. Like Definitely. you may you may not, for example. You may have found the love of your life now and you give a fuck about any other person's relationship and then this person goes ahead and dates your ex for five years. It may not even matter to you. Um, but for me personally, I don't think I would do it. I, just, I don't know. I'm just like that. Like, I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't. But I don't know. I, I, just, I think it's really circumstantial. Like, it has to be how deep was the relationship was it, were we really dating? Were we in an open relationship? Were we just talking? Like, you know, like, like I said, all comes communication. Make sure like, okay, if you feel like you want to talk to the person, your friend or whoever you was working with was dating for this many years, go talk to them and be like, how do you feel about it? And then based off of that, if you care how they feel about it, like, you know, if it's going to make them mad and that bothers you, you don't want to lose that relationship, then, you know, maybe that's not the best thing you do. And if they don't really care and you know they're not really going to care, then, Shit, go ahead. Yeah, it's really no right or wrong. Like, with that, it's kind of like circumstantial and like it depends on how you feel. It's all about the relationship you have with the people. Yeah, yeah. So were you a team Lawrence girl or were you a team Issa? How they Um, broke up? Like, you know, he was kind of... So where am I in the show already? Um, I would probably, because I just don't believe in cheating. I just feel like you should just leave. Like, I feel like when Issa was feeling like that, she should communicate and just left. But hey, shit happens. Um, so on one, I have to say I probably was team Lawrence on that side of things. But like, I definitely understand like Issa's like, you know, point of view. Like, you know, like it's kind of hard when you're with someone and you feel like they're like, they're not giving their end of the weight or whatever. Like they're not, you know, holding up their end. Like, and he really wasn't doing that. So it seemed like it. But um, I just think at the t- I just think Issa should have just left. Like she should just yeah. not. It's kind of hard to say just leave someone you've been with for five years, but you know she should have just you know been mature about it and told him straight up like, hey, like. And I'm not saying I, like like I feel like this is what I'm trying to practice more in a relationship. You know, being straight up when with your communication, like when you feel a certain way, like say it. And like if they're gonna get upset, like they're gonna get upset, but at least you spoke your truth. So. I guess I'm more Team Lawrence on that side of things, but I definitely see where Issa was coming from, and cheating is circumstantial as well. Like you know, if she felt like just he wasn't doing nothing, and it was, you know, you know, shit, shit happens. Yeah, yeah, it's really like that was a hard one, and that's what makes the show so good because. It's relatable for, I guess, people in a certain age bracket, millennials, whatever. Like, it's super relatable. Like, somebody older probably won't get the show as much, or somebody super younger won't get the show as much. Yeah, that's right. My mom was like, I don't think I like this show. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, nah. My mom, yeah, she's like, she probably wouldn't like it like that. But it just makes the show so good because it relates to a lot of people in real life situations. It's like, damn, like... Because you understand, like, damn, you wasn't really doing shit. All right, have you seen them arguing after they broke up? Have you got that far? They were at, at a dinner together. Have you seen that? Wait, with the, with the, when the, with the girl and stuff? Yeah, he was at a when dinner. The, the Spanish girl? And the they got, yeah, and they got in an argument 
outside. Yeah, I seen that. Okay, yeah. all right. Spoiler alert. If nobody, yeah, I'm on like one. I'm like on one. I'm on like the last episode of season three. Um, yeah, cause that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That yeah. cause that shit like. I just watched that recently, and that argument, like, I'll refresh you and anybody that watches it. Anyway, it's like, that shit got rough, because it was like, yo, how's Woop Woop? Because I ain't gonna fucking Woop Woop, and he was like, oh, maybe because you was busy being a hoe. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this shit (laughs) is like, yo, but, like, that's, like, the back and forth of, like, yo, I was dealing with you when you ain't have shit, and then now... You think you got shit, but then on top of that, you cheated. So, Insecure, <laughs> shout out to Insecure. It's just an amazing, amazing show. Yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, that conversation could have been talked about before she cheated. Or, you know, like, like a lot of times relationships fail or they just don't work out. Not Like, we don't want to call it failure. You know, they don't work out because, you know, people don't communicate. Like, we struggle with it. We struggle. We don't want to disappoint our significant other. We don't want to make them feel a certain way. And we don't, we, we deal with, we have issues of rejection as well. Like that's, it's a human thing. Like we just got to be, you know, more open with how we communicate to each other and express our feelings instead of shutting down. And a lot of times like that will resolve the issue right then and there. If you would just communicate, like, like I always said, like the person I get in a relationship with next or whoever I marry, I want us to be so transparent. Like if you feel that, you know, you want to step out on me, like, bro, like I know it's going to upset me, but like, I'd rather you let me know. And you know what? I may be okay with it. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Like I want to like come tell me. Be like, hey, look, I feel like I may want to date other people because like this is not working out, this and that, and I'm not. You're not because you're not going to ever fulfill everyone's needs, and that's that's something a flaw that society has made us think that the love of our life is supposed to uh, fulfill everything we need, and that's not facts. Like, and we have to understand that. You know, people have relationships before. People fell in love before. People had other soulmates before you. And those relationships, those feelings are definitely can still be there. Just because they meet you doesn't mean those aren't going to go away. And we're human. Like, we're attracted to different people. We're attracted to different individuals. People we meet on a date. Not even romantic attraction, just social attraction. So, like I said, communication goes a far away. And if I just want whoever I'm with or I just in general, whoever you're with, just be transparent with them. And if it makes them upset, maybe that's not the right person for you. Or, you know, let them be upset. Like, it's okay to have those feelings of being upset. But a lot of times, that's because you need to do a lot of self-work within yourself. So. Yeah, and I think that's my, like, hypothesis or results or whatever, like, of relationships. I feel like that I'm not the same person you met. And I think that's why the number one reason why relationships fail. Because I was one person when you met me. And then over the years, I grow, you grow, and sometimes we grow apart. Like, if I was heavy in the partying and shit when we got together and I'm still trying to do that at 30 and you trying to chill out, then that's going to cause a problem. Like, if I want to follow my entrepreneur dreams and you like, no, you just need to get a real job, then that's going to cause a problem. Like, so that's just, you know, that's my number one thing. Why relationships Well, also, we have this idea of, like, owning people, like, you know... We have we want to have such ownership of people like you don't own anyone and you can't control anyone but yourself. So like this idea that like someone is yours in their mind like that's just selfish. Like they're not yours. They're they're their own person. They can do what they want to do. Just because you have a relationship with someone does not mean they're yours. 
Yeah, and, and I think the biggest cliche too. I mean, that's real. Like I hate cliches, but certain ones is real. Is that number one? You got to make sure you love yourself because you really can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself. So yeah. if you're in a fucked up emotional state, and then you're trying to be in a relationship, but you already emotional and all over the place. That relationship probably ain't gonna work out because you no, don't know everything, yourself. Everything starts with self love. A lot of times, our issues, our relationship is a mirror within ourselves. Like you start when you look at flaws in a relationship, you don't really you like you was looking at yourself. Most of the when, when you see flaws in people, just in general friendships, whatever acquaintances. So when you met down the block, you really have got an issue with yourself. Like so, it's all about self love and finding yourself. So you don't project those feelings that you have about yourself onto the other person. And a lot of times, you know, other people bring shit out of you that, you know, you don't realize. And sometimes it's not always you projecting on another person. But even if you end up with someone who is narcissistic or just very, they're detrimental for your energy, you still got to look within yourself because for you to be attracting those people or for you to be allowing someone to hurt you like that, you should never allow someone to hurt you. And if you're allowing someone to do that to you, there's some self-work, self-love that needs to be looked into and explored. So, Yeah, yeah. So it's just like that's the constant battle within. And, you know, you got to hopefully you have a partner that, you know, helps you with that and helps you grow. But sometimes and I, I just hate it, though, because I really hate that, like. People really stay in a relationship that like ain't shit forever and waste out and miss maybe a coworker or somebody you met before. You'll miss that shit because you just feel like you have to stay or and like for me, I think it's commendable, but I don't believe in like just do it for the kids, even though y'all yeah. hate each other. I don't personally believe in that. I don't like people like sleep in separate rooms and shit. And I'm like, that's cool. But like if the kids know y'all don't fuck with each other. Cause they're not retarded, like nothing <laughs> like that. Excuse me if I offended anybody, but they're not dumb. That like they know y'all really don't like each other. Then I just feel like it's best to keep it real with them. Like, yo, me and your moms love you, but we don't really necessarily rock with each other. So we gonna go our separate ways, and we gonna do the best to raise you to be the best you. Yeah, That's it. and like any every relationship is a lesson learned. Like you know, you sometimes we, you know, life. And destiny puts these relationships in our way so we learn lessons for our next lifetime. So I, that's why I said, like, I don't want to like to consider relationships that, like, go flaw failures. I just like to consider them more lessons. And, you know, hey, like, shit happens. Like, and you got to learn from it. If you don't learn from it, then you, it may be you. Yeah, yeah, the great <laughs> hip-hop philosopher... <laughs> said uh i think it was jay-z said a loss ain't a loss it's a lesson and like that's just basically and what then, like when j cole was saying like fool me one time i mean that's not just j cole's thing but like what is it fool me one time shame on me. me yeah like fool me two times fool me three times fuck the peace out some some shit like that like you know yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta you gotta look like when shit is that's what i said a lot of people don't do interesting like you said like it's self-love work and it's introspection like a lot of people don't do that shit. And that's why shit goes left sometimes. Like, you got a lot of karmic work you got to work on. Like, work with that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's just real. But I really appreciate you. Before we get out of here, I got another one of those crazy questions. Hopefully, okay. it's easy for you, though. But, like, when, it's, uh, when people 
think of you and they think of like everything you've done and just your energy how do you want people to think of you like speak it into existence like this is what everybody will say to me when I'm done with photography and I'm just chilling and I'm just hanging out and I'm on the beach and I'm just traveling and I got all the money in the world the billionaires and all that (laughs) what do you want people to just say about you like speaking into existence what what's going to be your legacy I guess okay um all right this is a hard one because I actually have never thought about this I mean I thought about why I never thought too deep into it um I guess I want to manifest that um I want people to see me as like an inspiration in a sense um specifically like for black women in photography um, I want them to see that, you know, like you can do this too. You have a place in this industry and it's not, it's not just a male dominated sports. Like we're out here as well. I call it a sport, but it is like photography and sport. Um, so I guess inspirational. Um, damn. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I guess calm too. Uh, I tend not to be like a very calm person sometimes. Like I am calm, but. I'm very on go and very out there. So, you know, um, you know, just very calm. Cause I just feel like, you know, calming energy, it just, it attracts more and it's just, it just brings, it just brings in like just more, I don't know, I guess calm. Yeah, that as well. I can't explain why, but that word comes ahead. Um, creative, um, introspective and, you know, a student, like I always want to be a student. I always want to be learning. And, you know, shit, I'm like everybody else, like, <laughs> out here trying to get it. But, um, yeah, that's kind of really it. I don't, I, I got to think more about that later on. But, yeah, so. Hey, man, just a great person. <laughs> yeah, introspective, calm, and uh, an inspiration. Though I guess those are, like, the three words that are coming to my mind right now, so. Yeah, like, just this. That is also like a very hard question, but I like to do that because hopefully, you know, hey, we'll come back, do another interview. Like even like (laughs) I said with Ari, like I did something with him before he started working with Yachty and doing these things. And like he could look back. And when I asked him that same question, he was like, oh, shit, this Mm -hmm. is where I was at at that point. That's why because when I asked people, they're like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but (laughs) I'm just going to say some shit. Cause I don't really know, but I do that just to like, like I said, even when you was like, Hey, well, one person you really count on family, not family. Like I just want to create a platform where it's just peace and a vibe and something that people could go back and listen to when they're having a hard time or just need some motivation for themselves yeah. or, or just to see how far they came. So that's why I ask some of the craziest questions in the world, but <laughs> I really appreciate you doing this for me. No problem. And this is great. The concert photography doc or whatever you're working on, I think is going to be amazing because, like, it's a crazy, crazy world. I love documentaries, so I definitely look forward to seeing it. But everything that you're working on, I hope is fulfilled and more. And this is recorded.